There is a tilt in focus beginning in our readings at this time in the Epiphany season. This tilt infers something is wrong and we need help. We further glean, particularly from our Isaiah passage, that not only do we need God to do something, but we need to participate. We will continue this tilt as we prepare in just 10 days to enter Lent with Ash Wednesday. Our God is a God of revelation, power, and responsiveness, and we have need for help. Our Isaiah passage is intriguing. We have heard a lot from Isaiah throughout Advent and Christmas. Isaiah is a big book that covers a lot of time. Its themes are threefold historically, pre-exile, exile, and post-exile. This book is placed in the times of these happenings because of historical crises in the ancient world that are mentioned. Chronologically, chapter 39, the chapter previous to our reading today, can be placed around 700 B.C. It ends with the pronouncement of exile coming and Israel being carried away by Babylon. Chapter 40 comes after a long pause, approximately dated around 540 B.C. Chapter 40, excuse me, this is a common consensus among theologians over the last 300 years or so. The gap between the end of chapter 39 and the beginning of our reading today in time, real time, is 160 years approximately, far longer than the lifespan of Isaiah. That might raise some questions about Isaiah and about the whole book that we do not have time to go into today but it is worth investigating. Today, we focus on the content of this text and its timing. God has shown God's self to Israel. Israel has a need and is waiting for God's help. Their context is hard. They have been taken from their homes. Some are living in a foreign land. Some are displaced locally, and they have lost everything. When I think about that and close my eyes, I think of the images that I see on the news of the things going on in Gaza, Palestine, and Israel. Displacement, pain, and need for help. It is into this Isaiah speaks. And again, we must remember that there have been 160 years of silence at this point. Isaiah may be long dead, but his words live on, and it appears they are being recorded later displacement and silence for the people of God. In a lot of ways, this passage sounds really comforting, but there are a couple of what could be interpreted as harsh questions from Isaiah. Twice, Isaiah asks, have you not heard? Have you not known? These people are suffering deeply, and Isaiah calls them to remember, to remind themselves of what they know. My guess is that after 160 years of silence and the exile, people were not really up for these questions. It is a time of unknown, despair, chaos. The people wanted help, and they are hearing that they need to remember. David Forney writes of this passage, in the absorption of our suffering, we can forget who God is. This remembering that Isaiah is calling Israel to is personal and corporate. 
Richard Puckett goes so far as to say on this passage that where the memory of the community fails, the community becomes threatened. He further writes, many things can threaten the faithful memory of the community. Political and social threats, enticements of ease and comfort, the lure of other competing gods. Sounds like today. Our suffering is not the suffering they endured, but anything that threatens our individual and corporate remembrance of who God is and who we are may lead to sidetracking and potentially the loss of faith. In this passage, there are two pieces. The first piece focuses on who God is as creator and God's providential care over creation. The second part of this passage moves to promise and describes a God who is untiring and attentive, a God of renewal. Both pieces are set up by the rhetorical questions of Isaiah. Have you not known? Have you not heard? These pieces sandwiched by these questions focus on the nature and character of God and who we are as God's people. Isaiah is addressing the problem of not remembering clearly. Puckett further asserts that the crisis of the Babylonian exile caused the people of Israel to forget their own story. William Carl, in writing on this text, has this great phrase. He calls the people of Israel theological amnesiacs. Isaiah is writing to cure the people's amnesia. During suffering and crisis, we today can tend to forget our own story who God is, who we are, how God treats us, and where we are going. The clarity of our remembering of those things affects the quality of our lives as well as our ability to follow God. As Isaiah is saying things that are probably not very popular at the time, after 106 years of silence and great suffering, he further pushes them. This passage ends with the crazy word picture that songs have been written about. God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Anyone may become faint, weary, or exhausted, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What a promise! And how unattainable and unrealistic it must have sounded to them, and maybe to us. Isaiah is calling the people of Israel to clearly remember their story, who God is, who they are, how God relates to them individually and corporately, and to wait. Wait. What will help them in their lack of well-being, their exhaustion, and probably severe grumpiness is to wait. The word for wait in the Hebrew used here is kavah. When we think of waiting, we may think of waiting in line at the grocery store or at an airport to get on a plane, passive and perhaps enduring. Kavah waiting involves looking, hoping, and expecting. It is active, and in our faith, waiting demands a clear remembrance of who God is, who we are, how God treats us, and where we are going. 
If we do not have those things in us, our waiting becomes like it is at the grocery store or the airport, merely a passive endurance. As we hear this, we may wonder if it is weakness and helplessness that brings us to the place to receive the promise of strength and endurance, to experience God's power and grace to raise us up on eagle's wings. Walter Brueggemann further challenges us on this promise as he writes in his commentary, the concluding verse of this passage states a drastic either-or. Either folk will faint, excuse me, either folk will be faint, weary, and exhausted, even the hardy and the young, or those who hope and wait and expect of Yahweh will have strength to fly, to run, to walk, with no weariness or fainting. He boldly writes, there is no third alternative, no chance for strength apart from Yahweh. Like the Israelites then, here today, we are not alone. God is attentive to us, and we have access to God's inexhaustible power on our behalf. May we be responsive in our suffering to the questions Isaiah poses. Have you not known? Have you not heard? May we remember with clarity, believe, and actively wait. And may God surprise us by our entering into the word picture of being taken up on eagle's wings.